It takes guts to take on the biggest brand in your category, the kind of guts David had when he took on Goliath. In today's episode, David goes by the name of Matthew Parry, and Goliath is Pringles. Yep, Matthew is taking on Pringles and has already had a couple of pretty big wins. Before we get stuck into episode 405 of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, the Marketing Gold is made possible and exclusively made possible thanks to American Express. I say exclusively because for all of this month, Amex has kindly taken all available advertising spots. Love that. You should too. You can check out their suite of business cards designed to meet the needs of small business owners just like you by searching Amex Business uh, and you can find out exactly how your business expenses can reward you. Now, on with the show. I said, welcome to a small business marketing show, where successful small business owners share their souls, to take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie. And welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You are infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. Guess what? Big show today. Particularly big show today. Matthew Parry shares how and why he's taking on Pringles. Dave Jennings explains how to claim your free Google My Business page. And I've locked in the details for the small business big marketing deep dive mastermind. As per usual, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in by giving away some prizes. Come on down. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Oh, yes, indeedly doodly. I love a new segment. That is right, the monster prize draw. Now, the concept is simple. I talked about it in last week's episode. All I'm asking you to do, well, I'll go back a step. I'm asking my guests to donate prizes for me to give away to you. And I'm getting a pretty good pool of prizes uh, stacked up in my back room. Well, not really, actually. They're just on a spreadsheet. Now, all you need to do to win one of those prizes is send me an email telling me about an idea that you've learnt by listening to this show that you've implemented and what impact it has had on your business. You don't go in, need to go into great detail. Just share with me what you're doing to market your business better thanks to this show. Email me, tim at timreed.com.au. And boy, oh boy, am I getting some unbelievably, unbelievably good emails. So let's get stuck into them because um, what I want to do is read these emails because there are absolute learnings from them. So our winner this week, we've got a couple of winners. First one, Ryan Speak, his name is he says, hey, Timbo, there are so many gold nuggets that I've picked up from listening to your show over the years. Some might even say there's gold dripping from the ceiling. So let's get stuck right in. Love it, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, That's a great segue into one nugget I wanted to share, which is something that I'm reminded of every time I listen to your show. It's about being consistent. Uh, 
so that your customers know what to expect from you every time they come into contact with your business. You are talking my language, Ryan. The opening sequence and introduction of your show is so consistent, repeatable and predictable each week, which is precisely what I love about it. I know exactly what I can expect from the show. And done on purpose, Ryan, you know, um, people, it, it, people love to become familiar with something and that's what that kind of consistency does. Ryan goes on to say, so how, how have I applied to my to that to my business and what has it done for me? A lot of what I do for my business and for my customers is about automating common repeatable tasks. One area we often see opportunities in is client engagement and or onboarding. As an example, in my business, when you purchase one of my products online, you enter into an automated onboarding sequence using a marketing automation tool called ActiveCampaign, which is the one I use. I love it. It allows me to send personal communication to clients using my tone, voice and language. Plus, with the aid of conditional workflows, I can automate most scenarios in the onboarding process and only jump in when I need to. It allows me to be consistent, repeatable and predictable and I love it. Thanks for your show, Timbo. Great lessons there, Ryan. Ryan's business is automatelyhq.com. Ryan, for sending that in to me, you have won a bottle of Four Pillars Rare Dry Gin. Thanks to past guest Stu Gregor and that is valued at 75 bucks. All right, next winner. And then we've got a great interview coming up, by the way. Guys taking on Pringles. <laughs> oh, hello. Uh, next winner is Isaac Daly Shrek. That's a long name. Isaac says, hey, Timbo, my mate and podcast co-host Turbo, oh, this is a fellow podcaster, told me about your show nine months ago. I've kept up my listening since despite being in China. Oh, my show is in China. I like that. I like the diverse guests you have. Anyway, you ask people to write in with a practical takeaway from your show, and I've got three that I've implemented into our spearfishing blog, podcast, and community. I love that. Uh, first one is don't be afraid to ask. Very true. Uh, he says, not sure which episode I picked up this up from, but I put together a new show sponsor pitch based on this idea and I've reached out to three new potential sponsors. Love it. Uh, next idea he's implemented, we borrowed this idea from your podcast and the way you do it. We now open each podcast by talking to the listener and describing why they are listening and what they're listening for. This helps people understand immediately what we're about and what they can expect from listening. Love it. And the third one is don't be vanilla. Our content is often evergreen, do-it-yourself type stuff to help spearos, people with spear, people who spearfish, to improve their techniques and safety. Uh, so, uh, and he goes on to say, because of what we have shared, uh, shied away from sharing many of our more controversial opinions since letting this vanilla idea propagate, I've been writing far more sharp and honest articles that do get some hate. It feels great to be more free and at least people don't sit on the fence anymore. I love that. Yep. Transparency, honesty, be yourself. People buy from people, Ryan. Besides that, your show is just a great source of inspiration and ideas. I'll leave you a review on iTunes now. Thanks, Shrek. He says, mate, thank you so much for that. You've applied, you've listened and applied. And for that, you have won a limited edition black leather orbit key. Thanks to Rex Quo, the inventor of the orbit key. And that's valued at $49.90. There you go. It's easy to win on the Small Business Big Marketing Show. Thanks to the Monster Prize Draw. All right, 
right, coming up, we are going to be talk- chatting to Matthew Perry, who has decided that uh, Pringles need a bit of a shake-up, and he's developed a product to compete with them and having some great wins. But um, I mentioned in a few a few episodes ago the small business big marketing deep dive mastermind concept. Now, Ed, I'm ready to announce the date, the time, all that stuff. So if you love the idea of getting out of your business uh, out of your workspace, out of your headspace, and joining me along with nine other motivated business owners to bounce ideas and to break through any marketing blockages you may have to hold yourself to hold yourself accountable amongst other business owners. Then I think you're going to love the deep dive mastermind. Um, I, what, the way it works is we catch up uh, once every two months uh, for a morning. Where first up, I'll share an update on an aspect of marketing that I know you'll be interested in. And then you'll get to share where you're at with your marketing, ask questions of me, but most importantly, you get to tap into the collective power of the group, hence the concept of the mastermind. And there will be no competitors in the room. So once you book to come, tell me what your industry is and no one else from from that industry can come along. So it's a very much a safe space. The dates are locked in and loaded for Melbourne. So even if you're not in Melbourne, you could fly down for the day. I'll make it worth your while. The first one is on Friday, March 23, from 9am to 1pm, followed by lunch, and that will be happening every two months after that. And all I ask is that you commit for a minimum of three masterminds over six months. Now, the venue's to be confirmed, but I can assure you it'll be very easy to get to. The cost is $595 ex-GST. It doesn't include lunch, but it includes everything else. We will um, we will grab a bite afterwards. Um, all I ask, as I said, is you commit to three sessions and you can find out more and book your seat because there's only nine Nine seats plus me over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash mastermind. Boy, you and I uh, will be meeting some amazing business owners over the coming weeks. Uh, We'll catch up with racing car legend Steve Richards, whom, despite his fame, is working hard at building a successful small business by breaking with convention. Loved the chat I had with him, and I know you will too. And we meet Moxie's Mia Klitsis, who takes us behind the scenes of her hugely successful subscription-based tampon service. Now, that brings us to today's guest, Matthew Parry, who is a part owner of ABC Sales and Marketing, which is a 30-year-old Aussie business based in Adelaide that imports, distributes and manufactures products for sale in Australian supermarkets and, more and more, overseas supermarkets. Matthew caught my attention with an email he sent me explaining that he was in the early throes of taking on Pringles around the world with a brand that he's manufacturing called the Good Crisp Company. It's a good name. It's basically a chip that looks like a Pringle, comes in a Pringle-like tube but contains no nasties. And how's this for some success? Just one year in and they've replaced Pringles on all Virgin Australia and Tiger flights nationally. Plus, it's stocked in 2,000 supermarkets across America and is in the top 10 fastest-growing brands in the Whole Foods stores. Pretty impressive. In fact, the Good Crisp company is on track to do $5 million in sales in its first full year. In Matt's own words, he says, and I quote, we have a tiger by the tail and are trying desperately to hold on for the ride, unquote. 
I started off by asking Matthew to confirm that he's taking on one of the world's best-known chip brands in Pringles. Yeah, they do. They do from a, a taste perspective, but from a, a natural and a healthier perspective, they've actually got a pretty bad product. So, look, they're, they're running their race, they're doing their thing, um, and we think there's, there's plenty of room for both of us in the market. I, I, I think I agree. I, I don't know, you know, like when I see McDonald's offering a healthy hamburger option mm-hmm. or a fast food outlet offering a healthy option, the, the cynic in me goes, you know what, they're doing it just to position themselves so they can say, we offer healthy alternatives. They don't sell any. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm guessing they don't sell a lot. But it's a positioning exercise. But for you, this is not a positioning exercise. You want to sell a lot, right? Yeah, exactly. And and look, we should clarify, we're conscious to say we're not a healthy chip. I mean, we're still a chip, but we're a better for you alternative. So there's a lot of people, a lot of millennials, a lot of new customers that are looking for better options than what they grew up with. I mean, you've even got celiacs, people that actually just can't even eat gluten that are looking for those same things. So exactly, we think there's a big enough market of people that that do want a better for you alternative, I mean, not sacrifice on taste, but just a better ingredients list um, that are willing to, to pay and, and willing to, to buy in volume. Have you, have you tested that or is that just, you know, a gut instinct? No, look, there's, I mean, obviously we do a lot in, in the US and there are multi, multi-million dollar brands that are just built purely on this premise. I mean, Whole Foods itself hmm. is a multi-billion dollar supermarket where, all they sell is better for you. They won't sell anything that's got MSG, anything that's got artificial colours and flavours, the whole supermarket. So there's there's not just brands, there's, there's retailers, there's a whole industry built on that very premise that given the choice, people, there are an element of people that would prefer to buy a natural or a better for you product than one that, that's full of things that, that potentially aren't uh, good for them. Why has no one up until now uh, decided to take on Pringles? You, there's a few reasons. Um, I guess your scepticism at the start was, 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 was one of those. You know, it's, it's a really big thing. Um, but equally as well, the technology around the product, and, and it's not like a normal chip where you chop up a potato and fry it and anyone and lots of people can do that. There's only a limited number of people in the world that have the uh, ability and the scale to, to be able to take something like that on. We're fortunate that, that we've partnered with, with one of those people. But, you know... Because Pringles is so dominant, I mean, they're a billion-dollar um, sales themselves just in the US, so no one's really looking to, to go up against those guys on on price, on, on any of those things. But now with the rise of this growing demand for natural, better-for-you alternatives, probably it's been a timing thing as well. That market that we just talked about is now getting big enough that it does warrant the risk of, of going up against someone like that. And, and to be perfectly frank, whilst we are in some regards, I mean, we're never going to get the, the guy that's happy to pay $2 for Pringles, you know, no questions asked. But there are a lot of people, as we said, I mean, Pringles sales are down around the world. Um, and so we're picking up some of those people that have walked away from Pringles, um, still like the idea, but but unhappy with the product. We're picking those guys up. So Why we're are they competing, down? but a bit because of that. All, because of the see, nasties in them. 
big, big, and and even in Australia, Tim, you see, um, you know, mainstream original chips are down. What's growing is, you know, Red Rock, is Kettle, is these exciting premium natural ones are growing. Uh, you know, you see as well, Coke is 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 down in mainstream markets. You know, fizzy water, and and that is up. You know, that's just a general shift that we're seeing in in the grocery world. I've got to ask how. First of all, explain to me how the common potato chip is made, and then how a Pringle or a good crisp company chip yep. is made. Yeah, so exactly. A chip is not – you can make those at home. You, you, you slice up a potato, you fry drop it, it in, in fr- and fry it and then flavour it. That, that's that's it. how a chip is made. Right that's on. it. That's it. Um, we, with ours, obviously a canister chip is – is the form is, is perfect every time. And so it's using a potato flakes rather than like a whole potato. They're moulded into the shape uh. and then uh, it goes through a, a similar frying and flavouring perspective uh, process. And so – even in itself, it's not difficult to make a natural, um, better for you alternative to Pringles. No. So w- we just don't know why they haven't. I mean, Pringles is a, is a you know multinational. They just put anything in there. They go for price. It's just a different mindset as to what you value um, over you know what, what what's important for you at the bottom line. So um, it's not a difficult process. It's just. Um, there's only a few people that do it, a few people that could do it on the scale to take on... Um, what, why? Is, is the technology that complicated or expensive, is it? Expensive. It's expensive. And, and I guess um, the demand for canister chips is is relatively small compared to bag chips. I mean, it's still a big market, but when you put it up against, you know, the, the billions of, of chip and salty snacks that are sold around the world in the bag format... It's a relatively smaller market. And then of that market, Pringles has had the dominance of it um, up until now. So You're not the second canister chip, are you? I mean, there are other... Yeah, correct. Lay's is, is another yes. So and, and then there's private label. And, and that's been, I guess, for us... Cause you're the first... Sorry, you're the first canister chip that is a healthy option. Right. That's that's correct. What that's is it correct. about canister? I've never heard this phrase canister. Chip. Oh, the, <laughs> oh, the bucket of canister chips. Thanks, mate. Uh, <laughs> what what is it uh, about the canister chip that is 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 it? I mean, for me, um, they're kind of fun to eat. Um, yeah. The OCD in me loves the <laughs> the regular shape and the stack yep. that you get. Is is that is that what it's all about? Exactly. Um, it's it's just a novel way of, of eating chips. I mean, there's nostalgic around that. We all grew up with Pringles. We all remember popping and not stopping and all of those things. So there's nostalgia around it. It's fun. It's different. It's, um, you know, there's there's a sealable lid. So for road trips, travel, things like that, there are some functional benefits. But, yeah, it's just a, it's another way of, of eating chips that we've grown to, to like and, and enjoy. Now, stick with me here, Matt, because what I'm yep. about to say is comes with all, all respect. <laughs> There's a couple of things. One is um, you kindly sent me some samples to try, uh, of which I did, and I shared them around my family, of which I have one vegan daughter, one son who's umming and ahhing as to whether to become a vegan, but he's vegetarian. <laughs> I have another vegetarian son, and my wife goes either way with food, that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now, I have tried your chips, and... You know, I'm I'm a big taster. You know, I need right. big flavours, and um, they didn't hit the mark for me. Uh, I don't know whether I'm in your target audience or not. Um, the barbecue just didn't have that big barbecue flavour mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and they didn't travel very well. I don't know what happened, 
but it looks as though they've gone a few rounds with uh, Conor McGregor before yeah. arriving at my place. They're all sort of shattered. That's that's the joy of sending things through Australia Post. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, I think the more fragile stickers you put on there, the more times they kick it. So, yeah, <laughs> look, it, it is that, that unfortunately is a problem with our samples, but we sell millions of the product around the world in supermarkets and, and without a single complaint wow. um, from, from consumers. So when it travels properly on a pallet, put on shelf, not a problem whatsoever. But, yeah, you send a box through Australia Post and it ends up, yeah, you're exactly right, like shards of chips. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's something we have to try and uh, deal with. And it's pretty annoying because then getting them out is particularly yeah. hard because yeah. you've kind of got yeah. to pull. Anyway, uh, uh, d- don't get me wrong. I think it's a great idea. Anyone who takes on a big brand, I, I love. Now, you launched in the US in 2017, so yes. less than a year ago. You are already yep. in 2,000 supermarkets around yes. the US, uh, which I'm guessing is a very, very small percentage, but an impressive exactly. number That's nonetheless. Yeah. And you're in the top 10 fastest-growing brands in Whole Foods. Um, and as I said at the top of the show, you've done $5 million, You're hoping to do $5 million of sales in 2018 off no sales in, yeah. in, in, you know, a year ago. What has been your secret? I think it comes down to having a product that that people want has been probably the refreshing thing for us. We've launched numerous products over the years, that said, not not in the US but here in Australia, and and it has taken us by surprise as well. The I mean, we don't do much advertising. We, we, we do store support but not a lot, but it's just been this groundswell of of demand for this style of product to have a look and uh, as most people are a great tasting product but without any of those things in a form that they can't get elsewhere i mean the other thing is as i mentioned we whole foods for example doesn't sell a single canister chip in their whole supermarket they won't have pringles because of the msg because of the gmi ingredients so we're the only canister chip in that whole supermarket so people that want that product we're happy to buy ours. And and um, there's a lot of natural supermarkets out there in the US, a lot of customers looking for that sort of thing. And so it's really just started to take off and, and it's come from the consumer, which has been a really refreshing thing. We haven't had to pump millions of dollars and, and celebrity endorsements and all of this to get noticed. The product itself is, is what's driving it. Um, why did you launch in the US? You're an Adelaide-based company. Yes. Uh, look, really, um, it just time and chance, really. We went across to the US to a trade show, um, Expo West, which is the largest natural product show in the world, to to look for ideas to bring back to Australia. And we walked that whole show and there were a few ideas and a few trends we saw and we thought, well, hang on, no one's actually doing what we're doing. No one's doing around this sort of this stack chip option. And so um, that's where the seed of the idea came and we, we, we had some contacts and we reached out to them and, and got in front of a couple of buyers and customers and um, they got excited about it. And so the opportunity really came from there. And, I mean, to be frank, if you've got an opportunity to launch in America versus Australia, <laughs> whilst the, the logistics are, and travel is different, the size of the market and, and the appetite for the product was just so much bigger than what we were getting here in Australia that, that we, we bought the bullet and went for it. Just to be clear there, so you've gone over to a trade show in the US and you yep. have seen a whole lot of products and a whole lot of trends that would have been easy enough for you to mm. bring back to Australia and launch somewhere in the world if you had the interest. Instead, you've gone to a trade show and identified an idea that you didn't see. Yeah, a reverse, <laughs> a reverse concept. It. I love yeah. it. 
Oh, well, that's the entrepreneurial spirit, isn't it? You see an opportunity, yeah. just, it just sticks. It sticks with you. You can't shake it. No, nah, we've got to at least give this a try. Good on you. So yeah. um, you've gone back. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what your experience. I mean, your ABC Services, in which you are a shareholder, has launched a number of products, uh, but. Again, I guess it's what is the interest in interviewing you is around the fact that you're taking on Pringles and launching in a <laughs> not in your local country, or currency, or market, yeah. or economy, <laughs> or whatever it is. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. Is there was there no? Well, I'm sure there are people who said you're mad. What did you say? What did what, what did you say to them? Yeah, well, we did, but I guess we just took a sort of a, a step by step process. So. Um, it was okay. Well, is is there even a demand for this? So we went back to the show the next year, but this time we exhibited and we just put our products on the table and thought, well, let's just see if people even like this, even even want it. And and from that, the response was amazing. Now this is, I think there's about three thousand exhibitors and seventy thousand people. This is trade only come through this show, so it's a great way to, I guess, get a lot of feedback mm. really quickly from industry, and and you know. To, to be honest, Tim, you, you say people say we're mad, but at that show, not a single person said that. Every single people were giving us the the slow clap from down the aisle, saying, "Yes, this is such a good idea. What do you You've mean got to do this?" So they would see our product and just, you know, in in the the great American way, were just excited for us to say, yeah, "Absolutely, we need this product. You're doing the right thing. You know, here, here's my business card. As soon as you're on shelf, you know, you've got product. Let me know." And, and we walked away with a suitcase of business cards. Um, and so it was those sort of things that that reinforced us that. That obviously there was a lot of things we needed to research and a lot of things to get right. But if we could get those things right, we were confident that in the end there was a, there was a demand for for that product. Um, and so it just went from there. And so you just start chipping away. Okay, well, what's the regulations? What's it cost us to get it there? What are other products sell for? And you just start doing your Excel spreadsheets and ticking your your things and, and until we got some product out on shelf. Don't mention Excel spreadsheets on this show, uh, Matt. Uh, you'll, you'll send the host to sleep. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you've got to make sure you make money at the end of the I day. I get it, I get it. Yeah. Hey, I'm chatting with Matt Parry. He is one of the shareholders at ABC Services uh, in Adelaide. Uh, it's an FMCG-based company, and they're taking on Pringles with their brand, The Good Crisp Company. How do you protect, Matt, uh, an idea? I know there's a lot of people listening who have got a lot of ideas. They're too scared to put them on a crowdfunding site like Kickstarter. They're too scared to talk about them in an open forum because someone else will run out, run off with them. What's your view on that? It's something we think a lot about. And, and going back to your opening comments of we're, we're taking on, you know, Pringles, it's a, it's a massive, massive <laughs> company. They've got all the resources in the world. So what do you do? Do you try and hide from that? Do you try and – and in the end it just comes down to – from my opinion, going fast and going hard. Um, you know, it's one of the things that attracted us to this market of the canister chips is the fact that not a lot of people can do it. So there's some natural sort of competitive advantages and some natural barriers around that. And I would say if you don't have some of those, if you're paranoid, if your idea is that easy to be copied, that even just talking about it um, means that it's no longer really a valid idea and anyone can do it, well, I think there's probably you need to look at your competitive advantage a mm-hmm. bit more. But but so there should be a natural protection around that and then it just becomes being, well, let's hit it hard, let's be first to market, let's be authentic. And whilst we talk about, yes, the form is the same as Pringles, 
we try and be everything that they are not. So totally different ingredients. We use more potato. We use all of these things. So there's some difficulties in there that, that big companies have difficulty changing up things. But then equally as well, you know, this is a company that, that, that I founded. I'm the face of. We build personality around our brand. There's something that Pringles could never be. It's a faceless competitive product. <laughs> we, 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 we play in those areas. So there are things that, that even though size is different, there's some things that, that um, are negated regardless of how big you are. Is there a patent? No, clearly not. Around the form of a canister no. chip? There originally was, I think, back in the day around their style, and, and they do a unique twist style. So our, our product actually is slightly different to it, um, but it's my understanding that that patent is is no longer enforceable anyway, but ours is a di- slightly different um, form to the chip. Yeah, right. If Pringles uh, knocked on your door? Uh, Matt, I've got Pringles on the phone for you. <laughs> Uh, they haven't, no. No, we'll, we'll stay under the radar. I mean, as much as we say that you, you sort of don't worry, you do just sort of keep your head down and work hard and, and um, you know, hopefully we can build some market share before before we pop up. Has there? I, I, I recently chatted to Damien Lee, who is the creator of Mr Lee's Noodles, which is essentially the, the instant noodles of what you're doing, uh, a very yeah. clean, a, well, as clean as it can be, be product. Um, mm-hmm. He's had a dream run. Absolute dream running getting this product to market, um, albeit he has an incredible personal story of, of confronting not one but two primary cancer cancers that he's overcome. But getting his product to market has been incredibly easy. Uh, it feels the same for you. I, I would, I would agree. I'm hesitant to to, to, to admit to that, but 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 the, but it, we were, have found the case, and that's almost why we've continued to invest in the US. That because the reception has been really good. Now it's one thing to to get on shelf. You have to then get the velocities to to remain and hold your position there, and that's where we're sort of at the moment. But. Um, Early indications are really good and, and retailers are receptive to, to what we're doing and the product that we've got. And so I think, I mean, that's one of the things I, I mentioned sort of at the start was that, that, that the, the demand has been the big thing that's helped get this product over the line. And so if you have a good product that people want, it certainly makes it easier than being, you know, oh, we're the fifth paleo natural energy <laughs> bar that you've got, you know. That, that That is a lot difficult proposition as to, hey, we're only the, one of the only ones in the market doing it this. We can bring incremental sales. We can bring customers that have gone away from this category back into your category. Um, it does make it an easier sell. I'm always interested to hear how the small business owner like yourself gets a seat at the table of a company like Whole Foods. Um, how'd that come about? It's just bit partnering with the right people, to be frank. Um, so we obviously have no influence and no real contacts in the US, but through the trade shows and, and through showing the product to people, we were connected up with uh, various sales um, teams and brokers in the US, which is a lot how the market works. You have a hire a broker team that goes out and then makes the presentations and sell. Mm-hmm. And, and we were fortunate enough to um, basically there's uh, the number one natural broker in the US, uh, which is Presence Marketing. They, they get presented thousands of products a year and only take a handful of, of the ones that they think are the best. So, so how did you get a seat at their table? We sent our smashed up samples into, <laughs> into them, not, not unlike you, Tim. Yeah. And thankfully their reception was a bit more positive. Um, and so they said, look, you know, and they got the idea. They said, look, we've been waiting for this. Um, Bill, the, the owner, rang us up personally and said, hey, look, this is something we want to run with. And we've just been extremely excited to partner with those guys. And, and they've opened the door 
And at the end of the day, you've, you've got to have – I mean, it, it can be a great product is one thing, but, but the retailer needs to make money. It needs support. It mm. needs all of that. And so we did a lot of homework behind all of that and used our experience to ensure that, you know, the numbers were right, the margins were right, the stock turns were right. We were prepared to, to play the game, invest what we needed to. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if the retailer is a bit more confident in your product, they don't expect as much – you know, support from you um, as they would if they're taking a bit of a risk. So it, it's partnering with the right people really is, has, has helped us get a foot in the door. That fellow Bill says to you, we've been waiting for this. It makes yeah. me think, what else has he been waiting for? Yeah, exactly. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there and I guess it's just seeing the opportunity and grabbing for it. But, but how many other conventional products haven't sort of been replicated in a natural form in in, in the market. Um, it does make you wonder. Well, it, it feels like that right there is the nub of a massive business. How yeah. many conventional products have not been recreated in the natural form? I mean... Where do you start? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and there are a lot in the – we don't see much of it in Australia, but there are – you have Justin's Peanut Butter, you know, which is a multi, multi-million dollar company sold for, you know, X times revenue um, recently because it was a natural version of peanut butter. You, you know, so th- they are ticking them off in the list as quick as you can think of them, that's for sure, in the US, but there's plenty more out there. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just writing that down. I'm just going to go away and, you know, go to the supermarket. How would, yeah. I, uh, how would a clean Mars bar taste? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's the th- And taste is really the king as well because you could replicate the ingredients, but if it's not, the taste isn't there. Well, um, yeah. You, you know, pe- people won't, well, they'll sacrifice some, but there's, 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 a, there's a level there of, of how much they're willing to sacrifice in order to, to get the benefit of the ingredients or the benefit of the product. Do you think products like yours and Mr. Lee's noodles, which I haven't tasted, I will by the time this episode goes live, but um, do you think that you are more likely to be bought by a millennial than someone like me whose taste palate has kind of grown up with big flavours and a whole lot of chemicals, whereas the younger people are not so used to that? Uh, If our Instagram feed is anything to go by, Tim, I would say yes. Um, We are full of mums, you know, new millennial mums, um, full of people like that. So there's a lifestyle choice around it. So people say, hey, look, I want to stop eating those artificial colours and flavours or whatever. And that does, whilst it's not solely millennials, it does tend to be more of a focus for them. Mm. But then, and, and and most new parents these days tend to be in that millennial. And that's when people start to rethink what they're putting in their mouth and their kids' mouth is when they're new parents. But equally, we hit into the, the, the people that just can't eat. They can't eat gluten. They can't eat MSG. They mm. can't, you know, and if you're talking 10% of the population, um, a celiacs or on a gluten-free diet, when your population is 350 million, that's a lot of people still that, that you know won't buy the competition but will buy you. What's the most effective marketing you do for the Good Crisp company? Yeah, at this stage, we, we do a lot around um, Instagram. We do a lot around, um, well, we're just starting to do more actually around um, influencers and tapping into that market. Mm-hmm. We, we saw it as a sort of a two-stage thing of, you know, as I said, we, we, we launched not even 12 months ago. And so there was a, a process of actually building a following and building an awareness. And we've sort of hit the 3,000 or so mark now on Instagram and say, hey, look, that's probably enough that we can start. You know, we've got a bit of a community there that's passionate. Let's then, instead of us keep talking to them, let's bring in some peers, let's bring in some influencers and and, and amplify that message from so there. So what's that look like? Give us an example. 
around that. So, so we will we will connect with, and and once again, we go we we look at influence that are either strong in the celiac community, strong in the millennial community, strong in the, the healthy eating lifestyle. What are those people? Um, reach out to them. Say, look, you know, this how, is our new brand. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll find or identify them. Either actually, interestingly enough, they'll start. The bigger you get, they start appearing to you. So they start reaching out to you, saying, "Hey, we love your product. We love what you're doing. Um, we'll, you know, could we could we have some free product to do a post on it? Or hey, we we charge two hundred dollars to do a, a story about your product. Will you, do you be interested? And so then it's it's either finding ones or, or or looking at those that have reached out to us and saying, yep, let's partner with these, let's build a calendar over the next six months of, you know, a Can couple of Can you think of, of what the most successful uh, influencer has been for the brand? It, it's early days for us because we're just mm. starting off now basically in January of this new program. Uh-huh. But already you start to see, um, you know, people with 50,000, 60,000 followers, you know, they do a short 30-second Instagram story on your product, and, and these these are authentic um, ones that have just popped up recently, not necessarily the ones we've paid for. And then you just see that go out to all their followers and you just see, bam, we get, you know, over the next day or two, another 100, 200 people joining our Instagram page, commenting, where do we find it, driving them to our website to look at our store locator to find products. So where uh, do they? Where the because uh, Instagram's global. Um, yep. You are in Whole Foods in the States. You're on Tiger yep. and Virgin in Australia. Can people? Yep. Where else can people buy your product? Yeah, yeah. so in, in, in Australia. Australia we're now starting to get out through the independents and uh-huh. IGAs and places like that through our distributor. In the US, as you mentioned, we're in, we're in a few thousand supermarkets, which is a, a drop in the ocean, but it's a good spread across the whole of the country. So most people can find a store near us. We, have, uh, we actually invested, it was one of the things we invested early on is um, a store locator that ties into actual store data. So if a product scans at a supermarket within, I think, three weeks or so, it appears on our store locator on our website automatically. So we're getting real-life up-to-date information um, when people plug in, hey, I live in this area, they're getting all of the stores around them and that's staying up-to-date. So that's something we saw as a really big need for us because, yeah, that's a common question when you've got something the size of the US mm. and we're in such a small market at the moment is where can I buy? So how do we provide as much information around that? Because that what sees conversions from all of the marketing that we're doing is if we're driving people to store, that then makes it worthwhile. If, if, we, if we don't, then, you know, we can do all the influ- influencer marketing in the world, mm. but we're never going to get a sale. So we do that. Amazon is also a big part of what we're building um, obviously, our biggest challenge for that is is the postage side of things, and um, Amazon delivers uh, even less uh, <laughs> caring than, than Australia Post. But I mean, even that said, today we we, we do we'll probably do uh, we, we've got target of about half a million dollars through Amazon this year, and we see that being easily a million or two based on what we're seeing other brands do in the US. So, but how, how do you manage that? I mean, they don't travel well. So what? Uh, so it, it's about packaging. It's about wrapping. Yeah, okay. it's, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And how do you do that with the costs and things like that? But but we think we're, we're getting the answer there. And and equally, there's people that you know are still coming back and saying, "Hey, yeah, look, half the pack was broken, but still, it's still the product. It still tastes great. I still can't eat the other one, so I'm prepared to to make that sacrifice." And so you know, that's why we're selling you know a couple of thousand a week through Amazon as it is anyone. Your focus is going to continue, Matt, to be the states. Uh, it, it will. I mean, we we because we're an Australian company, we we want to see it grow here in Australia as well. We we see opportunity here. The same thing, the same reasons we're successful um, at the moment in the US are, are the same um, triggers we're seeing in Australia. And so we do want it to be here. So they're, they're really our two areas of focus. Are they made in Australia? 
They're actually made in Malaysia. So there's oh. another area of globalness around it. And that just comes to the fact that, you know, there's not that many people in the world that can make this. We're partnered with someone that we've been working with for our company has been for over 30 years. They, they do, they've got the scale, they've got the quality. Um, and, and so um, that, that's where we, we get them made over there with our co-packer. Now that you're, well, you haven't exactly mastered it, but you're getting close to mastering uh, the Good Crisp company, are you going to go back to Bill and say, hey, Bill, <laughs> what else have you been waiting for? Well, yeah, exactly. That, that, that's, I mean, and I guess really it comes down to we've got that much scope. As you said, we're in 2,000 stores. We, we could and should be in, in 10,000 stores. So there's still a lot, a lot yeah. of distribution opportunity um, for the current product, but absolutely we're investigating new flavours, um, new ingredients around that. I mean, what else is, is – it doesn't just have to be potato. Can we start using other ingredients around that? So, so there's a whole – pipeline of new product development that can be put under that brand absolutely once I'm we sure, get the door I'm sure open. there'll be a bloody kale chip at some point. Kale canister. <laughs> yeah, oh. Kale canister with extra protein. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What's the world coming to? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, good on you, Matt. I, I just think any brand that takes on the big guys and he is is worth chatting to and, and finding out more because um it's not a small decision, you know, and um, they've got a lot deeper pockets than you, but it sounds like you're, you're doing the right thing and you're positioning yourself in a way that, um, you know, maybe they don't care. Maybe they go, oh, let, let them have that market. Exactly. I mean, if we can take 10% of their market, that's still $100 million in sales. So, you know, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Good on you, buddy. Matt, thank <laughs> you. Uh, Thegoodcrispcompany.com.au and .com. You're running two websites, correct, I think, yeah. uh, is where you can find and buy them. Uh, really appreciate you sharing those insights, Matt. My pleasure, Tim. Thank you. Well, there you go, team. Matthew Parry of The Good Crisp Company. I do love a good David and Goliath story. I wish him so much success. Coming up, I'm going to share my top three attention grabbers from that fireside chat with Matthew. Plus, in this week's Ignite Your Site segment, you'll discover how to claim and why to claim your Google My Business page. Here's a money-making tip from American Express member and Four Pillars Gin founder, Stu Greger. I, for the life of me, don't understand why a business won't accept Amex because what you're potentially doing is knocking back customers who want to spend money on your product or your brand or your service or whatever it is. And I frankly don't understand it. If someone wants to give me their Amex and buy 10 bottles of gin, I'll tell you what, I'll take their Amex, thanks very much. You're potentially also denying yourself a big chunk of corporate business as well. You know, because a lot of sales guys, a lot of guys, I know me in my own business, I use Amex. And if I, get a, if I ring to make a booking at a restaurant or a bar or something, I say, do you step down? and they say no, I go somewhere else. So they don't even know the business they're, they're missing out on. It beggars belief. And I often find myself having these rather awkward conversations at the <laughs> with with a shopkeeper or a, or a bar owner or a restaurateur saying, why wouldn't you take it? I'll pay you the extra. I'll pay one and a half. Oh, the credit card service fee or whatever you want. Take my money. It's business 101, really. Make it easy for people to give you money. Speaking of money... The American Express Business Explorer credit card comes with 50,000 bonus points every year, a low interest rate, and two points on every dollar you spend. Not to mention a couple of tickets to the very swish Amex Lounge at Sydney International Airport. Search Amex Business to find out more. New American Express card members only. Terms and conditions apply. Apply. 
All right, my top three attention grabbers from that chat with Matthew Parry of the Good Crisp Company, thanks to American Express. Attention grabber number one... I love how Matt visits trade shows looking for trends, but most importantly, questioning what he didn't see and turning that into a product idea. Attention grabber number two, I love Matt's mindset around taking on the big guys. I think he said something like, be everything they're not. Fastest to market, be most responsive to customer feedback, be open to new ways of doing things. And that's what us small business owners can do in spades when we're up against and competing against brands with much bigger pockets. They might have bigger pockets, deeper pockets, but they're a lot slower. (laughs) Attention grabber number three. I loved Matt's questioning of how many conventional products are yet to be created in their natural form. Would appear to me to be a great question to ask if you were looking at starting a uh, manufacturing business of sorts. Well, that's what grabbed my attention. What grabbed yours? Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 405 and let me know. With so many underperforming business websites out there, this segment, which I love, is laser-focused on ensuring yours is not one of them. To get your website found and your phone ringing, we're joined by Dave Jennings of MelbourneSEOServices.com. DJ, what's on your mind? I can't believe how many businesses and business owners don't claim their Google My Business page. I I can tell you why they don't. Because Google have changed the name of this service (laughs) probably a hundred times. Google Local, Google Business, Google This, Google That. So it's called now... Yeah, it's called Google My Business. Okay. So that's the latest iteration. What is it? Why should they claim it? Well, they should claim it because it's one of those free things that Google offers you to help promote your website on Google, right? The good thing about it is it's just a freebie from Google. Mm. They literally just put it in your lap. You know when you run a search on Google and you'll see the business appear with photos and their contact yes. on the right-hand side? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that is free from Google and you claim it through the Google My Business listing. So when is it, if, if I complete my, the Google My Business listing, yes. uh, when is it going to appear? When am I going to get that beautiful right-hand side of the search results? Yeah, well, there's a few times. One, when some someone is looking very specifically for your business, so the actual company name. But other times, you can actually win out over large corporate businesses. Oh, hello. Yeah, because Google, they give preference to where someone is actually searching. So you might win out because you're geographically more relevant uh-huh. to the searcher. Okay. So it's an easy win that people should be That's going That's a great for. win, mate. And uh, anything to help get you on page one of the biggest search engine in the world is a good thing. Uh, what should people do next? Yeah, look, this is probably one of a whole range of things that people are leaving on the table. I think to get started, the best thing I can offer you is a free copy of my book, Authority Content. It's an Amazon bestseller and giving it away as part of this right. small business Authoritycontent.com forward slash Timbo. And what they can also do is if they have any questions around this, they can contact you from there and yeah. sort of help them ignite your site. Thanks, DJ. That is another way to ignite your site. 
Oh, yes, that's another great tip from Melbourne SEO Services' Dave Jennings. Be sure to take him up on that offer if you want to ignite your site, if you want your website to be infinitely better than it is. I tell you what, you won't regret it because he knows his stuff. Hey, you and I cover some serious marketing ground in this show. We've previously caught up with Jay Bear, who's written a fantastic book titled Hug Your Haters who gives some amazing insights into how we can all benefit from customers that we've really pissed off. And we've spoken to Harry Campbell, who was an ex-Boeing aeronautical engineer whose niche blogging strategy around ride-sharing, you know, like Ubers and stuff, has positioned him as the go-to guy for anyone wanting to build a business on Uber or any of those ride-sharing platforms. You'll find those episodes plus hundreds more over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or... I'd really love you to subscribe free on your favourite podcast app, which means that you will never, ever miss another episode again. Love to hear from you. Hit the contact button over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com where you can email me, connect with me on social media, grab a signed copy of my popular book, The Boomerang Effect, and be sure to enter the monster prize draw. Like, why wouldn't you? You could win. Probably will. By emailing me at tim at timreed.com.au and telling me about an idea you've implemented thanks to this show and what it's done for your business. Hey, big thanks to American Express Business Explorer card. If you love the idea of your business expenses rewarding you, and why wouldn't you, then go and search Amex Business and you'll find out all about them. If you love the small business big marketing show, then please let another business owner or five know about it by grabbing their phone and downloading the Small Business Big Marketing Show onto their podcast app. Until next week, I'm Timbo Reid. Thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.